Hello and welcome to the Keto Man's Club podcast. We're glad you're here, where each week we talk about men's health and lifestyle. We do so with the foundation of the ketogenic diet and lifestyle. If you don't know what keto is, stick around and you'll find out. The podcast will bring you real honest fun. Each week we strive to uncover the tips and tricks that you can use in your everyday life to maximize your overall health and find the clearest path to becoming the best version of yourself that you were meant to be. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Keto Man's Club podcast. My name is Chris. I'm one of your hosts. And as always, I'm joined this week by Alberto and Jim. How's it going, Alberto? What's going on? Oh, busy, busy. It's uh, been crazy, crazy couple weeks just to been able to take on some side work, which you never know when it's going to come. So when it comes and it's there, you just take advantage. So been pretty busy in the evenings, just helping out some body shops, get some cars out and whatnot. And on top of that, uh, my first full week of jujitsu because, you know, I got so much free time on my hands. <laughs> so, so now I'm, I'm lifting and doing jujitsu in the mornings. And, uh, it's, I mean, it's obviously my lifting is taking a hit because the, it's a whole different stimulus that I'm doing on what would normally be my off days. But, uh, it, I do enjoy being humbled, <laughs> physically humbled. <laughs> and it's kind of good to be the student, you know, to step out of your comfort zone and do something. And I just kind of went for it as I tend to do, you know, I showed up one day for a free class when a week later signed up and I've been there pretty much every day since so this would be tomorrow will be my fifth class. And I uh, just, just going for it. I'm, I'm enjoying getting beat up and, and, you know, taking a little punishment and getting school and something. It's, it's, yeah. uh, it's humbling and it's necessary. I, I can relate greatly to that. That was exactly how Krav was for me. Um, and then Kung Fu has been kind of that way. Uh, but unfortunately, doing Kung Fu in uh, COVID Rome with a school that's extremely uh, conscious of contact and space and things like that, we're not doing any um, any type of sparring right now. So I'm, I'm missing that part of it. I would love to be able to, to do sparring uh, like what we were doing before, you know, all of this happens. So. Yeah, definitely uh some some cool stuff coming from 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 and for you that that's that's a lot of uh that will be a lot of fun to see that develop. Jim, what's going on with you? Well, I apologize that I missed our last recording, um but when the boss says I'm taking you and a couple people out for steak dinner, being the Keto Man's Club, um I I chose the steak dinner. I love you both, but that's where my mind was that night. So, <laughs> Um, so yeah, and it was a decent steak. It wasn't one of those like $90 plates, but it was still decent. So kudos to the boss for that. Um, so I've shared off and on over the last few months, um, I work in the banking industry and, uh, we opened a new branch, uh, about a 10 days or so ago. And, um, on top of being there the weekend before moving in about truly about 16 hours. I mean, it was pretty labor intensive of getting things unpacked and ready to go when the branch opened. Um, threw on about a four pound pork shoulder uh, for my colleagues. So we would have uh, pulled pork on day one and brought in some G Hughes uh, barbecue sauce, some regular barbecue and some honey barbecue. And those that uh, follow G Hughes on social media or have had his items in the store, it's sugar-free. So it's some pretty pretty good if you're following keto. And I had a few colleagues that didn't even notice it, just put it on and said it was really good because uh, I cooked the pork bar or the pork shoulder in beer. Um, and it was awesome. I mean, it fell apart and everything. Then a couple people were like, um, did you get the right sauce? Like, 
yeah, why? Like, well, it, it's, it says it's sugar-free. And I'm like, did you try it? Yeah, yeah, it was really good, but like, okay, then roll with it. So it, it was just kind of one of those things like, sugar-free must be bad. This must be, you know, <laughs> something that we cannot eat or anything. But ended up going well, and um, it's been a very hectic 10 days since everything opened up. And away we go, and glad to be back here tonight. Yep, very, very cool. I, uh, I've had a, a busy week. I've got a new client, so I'm, I'm working on uh, trying to get into the rhythm with with uh, him on the podcasting side. Work's been good. I, um, we actually uh, skipped a week of recording last week because I was flying back from Kansas City, and uh, kind of went to visit my family. I had barbecue. Every single day for at least one meal. Um, and that was that doesn't sound like a complaining. Sound no, or anything. no, not a complaint at all. That was okay. that was that was a good thing. I will say that some of the barbecue look, well, Kansas City is known for their their barbecue, but their barbecue always has sauce on it. I, of course, had the sauce put on the side or not put on at all or avoided, you know, that type of thing. So they one of the, one or two of the places really trimmed the fat off of their brisket before they cooked it like a lot. And it was, uh, they were leaning a little too heavy on their sauce <laughs> um, because it was, it was rather, rather dry. It was still, it still tasted pretty decent, but it was just a little dry. So um, yeah, it was, it was uh, a great trip. Got to see friends, but mainly got to spend time with my, with my folks and, that was uh, well worth it for a long weekend, um, long weekend away, and, and that was good. Good, yeah. So, um, and and the the other thing for me is that I'm in my last um, week of cutting uh, right now. I'm, I'm after this week. I'm going to start tapering back up my calories a little bit, and so that will be uh, be nice. I'm I'm kind of tired of strict tracking like i'm gonna have to keep doing it for a while more uh, until i find my maintenance calories and and whatnot and try not to go hog wild but i uh i'm i'm kind of done mentally and i I will tell you from the beginning the only reason i track every day is if i stop i will never start again and i know it and i will have no interest in it and i won't care (laughs) yeah that's kind of my like it's i'm just i I think it's the mental action of thinking that i'm going to cut that is more troublesome than even the tracking because i I, the tracking is not too bad um as long as i know what it is that i'm eating um like measuring yeah ingredients Uh, when i when i don't know the ingredients it's a little harder um but yeah it's it's been it's been good and and i've i've hit uh sub 220 for the first time in a long while but yeah but but even more important than that um what when i look at my body fat percentage that's going down. And so the last time that I was this weight was a few months ago and I'd hit, hit the, you know, the two twenty mark roughly at that point. Uh, but my fat percentage was a lot higher. And so my, my fat percentage has continued to go down through this throughout this time. So even though I'm, uh, just at about the same weight as I was before and have been before beyond that, uh, my fat percentage is lower, and so I'm the the cut has definitely been beneficial at, at cutting fat percentage and and 
So yeah, uh, I think I've I've shared it openly on online. My plan right now is to uh, eat maintenance for a month or two over the holidays, but stay in a strict carnivore with a few uh, flexibilities for keto. And um, then I will, uh, then I'm going to probably go through some type of cut again uh, so that it's, it's uh, uh, so that I can try to, to keep the the steam engine rolling, so to speak on, on all of that and, and, and whatnot. But this hasn't been for me a super aggressive cut other than the mental thing. I haven't felt it physically uh, because I was under eating before I started more or less. So, I mean, in the end, you're, you're in a much better place all mm. around now. Yeah. So like you said, you can roll maintenance for a little while. And then now that you, you know, what's ahead of you, mm-hmm. you can come back and attack it, you know, knowing what's coming up next and, and, and knowing that you're going to see results. And yeah. so you'll have a little more motivation, I would imagine. Agreed. Yeah. I, that That's exactly my thought process, but I don't want to continue to cut, continue to cut because you, you, you can get to the point of, of uh, diminishing returns on that. So don't want to do that. Okay, let's get into shout outs. So, Jim, let's have you start. Uh, this gentleman is somebody that I, I really don't know much about. Um, he's in our main group, the Keto Man's Club. And um, we're recording the show on a Tuesday, which we did a Transformation Tuesday post in the group. And his before and after is absolutely remarkable. And I'm really hoping that uh, we may be able to get him on the show because it sounds like he has a pretty interesting story as well. And for your benefit, you guys already know what I'm going to say. He lives in Texas, so there's already that bonding effect that all you freaking Texans have, but whatever. Uh, Chuck Bernal is his name. He has gone from 380 pounds to 195. Quick math says that's about half of his size. He uh, he wrote that it took him about 13 months doing keto fasting and working out a lot. Now, that's all stuff that we've seen from our guys. Here's where it gets interesting. He has a chronic and debilitating neurological disease called transverse myelitis, if I'm pronouncing that right. And due to paralysis and other issues, he had put on a lot of weight. Um, He went through intense physical therapy, regained the ability to walk again. Says that he is using a cane, but still... Um, he's now doing treadmill work, weight training, and has a recumbent bike and has started cycling. Quote, it's a long and arduous journey, but the payoff of weight loss and renewed health was worth the effort. And I am still, and it is still ongoing. Dude is night and day difference. I just cannot get over this. This is one of the coolest photos. And um, like I said, I really hope that we can connect with Chuck and uh, potentially get him on the show sometime soon because to go through the the neurological side of things, but then the um, physical therapy, losing the ability to walk, getting it back again, and he's crediting this all with keto and fasting and working out. Pretty remarkable. So my shout-out goes to the man, Chuck, down in Texas. Mine is going to go out to both Chris Duckett, David Blaco, Johan, all those guys that are buttoning up the cut right now. Uh, David... I'm sure he just posted a picture, a transformation picture of his results from the cut. Uh, remarkable. Uh, he got really good and lean. I mean, pretty much everyone that stuck to it got results. And uh, obviously, all to varying degrees, Johan had phenomenal results himself. Uh, you know, Chris, we just talked about his results. So, man, all you guys that stuck through it, like I was there. And it, it's uh, towards the end there, it gets a little weird. 
but when you stick through it and you see the results come, you know, it's, it's hard work that, that pays off well and it's for you. So congratulations to you guys. I appreciate that so many guys you know, jumped in and joined me on this because initially it's like, okay, I've got to do this because I've got to do something, but maybe I can take some people with me. <laughs> It'll be a little easier. <laughs> and our little group chat that we had and whatnot was really, really helpful to be able to kind of keep encouraging each other and things like that. And everybody that did stick to it, they really did very well. So uh, kudos to all of all of those guys. Um, we hope to have some of them on and talk about the cut and things like that at some point, maybe in a group uh, group chat or a, a Facebook Live, maybe sometimes. So we'll uh, we'll work out the details on all that as soon as we can. Um, my shout out is going to our friend Breg Gevington. Um, <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> So he posted a couple weeks ago, and of course, again, we've kind of had some weird schedules for for um, for uh, recording. So uh, we uh, this this was uh, at the beginning of November when he when he posted this originally. But it, it, it starts out with hashtag find your why, and here's mine, and it's a picture of him with his two sons out at a pond watching the ducks. And he's just there hanging out with his kids. And I, I just love it. It just jumped out at me. And so kudos to him and uh, for not just for finding his why, but really pushing in and, and continuing to, um, to use that to motivate him to, 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 to push towards newer and greater heights of his own health optimization and leading his family as best as, his, as he can. Good stuff there. Okay. I'll, I'll allow, I'll allow it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, a couple business things before we dig into our conversation here with Zach. Um, we uh, always uh, covet any feedback that we can get from our listeners. You can do that several different ways. Uh, you can reach out to us via any of our social medias or our groups or our Facebook pages. Uh, you can find all of that by going to theketomansclub.com. So that links to everything. So theketomansclub.com, that's our link tree. Easy to find everybody's links for everything. But you can also uh, send us a text or leave us a voicemail at 512-518-6161 or email us at ketomansclubpodcast at gmail.com. You can also give your feedbacks for others to see by going to Apple Podcasts, logging in real quick, and leaving a review. Uh, even a rating goes a long way to get the word out and to help people see uh, us pop up in their feed. And so uh, any any type of feedback that you can provide, we absolutely would covet that and, and love that um, because we want to do better at what we're doing. But we also uh, we do want to let the algorithm do what it needs to do and, and get the uh, – news out in front of uh, more people. So theketomansclub.com, Apple Podcasts, reviews, and phone number 512-518-6161. Thank you for that, and we really appreciate it. So this week we are joined by Zach. Is it Salab? Salab? Salhab. Salhab. Okay. Um, I, I put a, a Mediterranean spin on it there. Uh <laughs> So welcome to the show. We're, we're glad to have you with us. Um, so get us started a little bit on who you are, where you are, um, some of the 
the the basics. We can get into health journey really deep deep here in a few minutes, but give us some of the basics of who you are and and all that. Uh, some of the basics. Uh, so I grew up in the Pacific Northwest in Oregon, Portland specifically. Um, spent about ten years in the Army, uh, college, that kind of thing, and and now I work in uh, work in IT, but I would get to work from home. Um, obviously, as a lot of us are doing today. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the nutshell of it. Obviously, there's a lot of detail in there. Tell us, you know, health journey wise or growing up, did you struggle um, with things like weight or, or health uh, growing up? Uh, say pre army. Did I struggle? I struggled with body image issues. Uh, I always thought I was overweight, but actually looking back on it, I was like skinny as a rail. Um, so probably more the body image than the actual weight issues. I will say that, that during the course of it, I, I never really learned to eat um, going from, you know, growing up to and being very active in like high school and wrestling and football and kind of the sports and then going uh, going into the college. And then in the army, it was always kind of like your food was kind of prepared for you. So I never really learned how to eat. Uh, and my real problem didn't start. I mean, I, mean, I kind of battled it a little bit in the army, but you could kind of outrun it. Um especially at that age, but it, it really started kind of after that, that it, that it kind of turned south on me a little bit. Just to clarify, did you go to college before you joined the army or vice versa? Uh, technically both college, okay. army, college, actually college army out back into the army college again. Oh my God. Just to make it super linear. <laughs> <laughs> So when you started college, college army out army college, if I'm getting the, if I'm getting the vibe. So you, you started college, what put you, what made you want to go into the army? Uh, I mean, they were paying for college. It was just something that I kind of always wanted to do. And we had an agreement that they would pay for it. And then after I was done, I would, I would uh, go in the army. And then uh, I got out uh, with every intention of staying out. Uh-huh. And then I got out like eight or nine months before 9-11 happened. Um, and I wasn't quite solidified in light enough uh, in life enough just getting out. So uh, as soon as that happened, because I remember distinctly that day, I mean, I, I literally put on my running shoes that day and went for a run and then went back in the army shortly thereafter. So your total time, total military service, how many years did you serve? Uh, about 10. Yeah, where do we go from here? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, oh, well, Gee, thanks great, uh, for thanks deflating so the conversation. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, no, 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 no. We're just yeah, joking no. with you, but that's all good. It's all good. So, how did you end up? Did you do IT when you were in the army, or what? What kind of took you in that direction in the world? Yeah, that's what I studied in college, and then um, I did some of a. You always have like a secondary specialty or something you're kind of doing on the side when you, when you're in the military. Um, so I was kind of doing some IT stuff, even while my my main role I was I was on tanks and a tank gunner and tank commander. Um, so I was doing kind of IT on the side because they don't have a lot of specialists for that. Uh, and then when I got out through an army retraining program, because um, there's not a lot of tanks in the civilian world, they retrained me, um, <laughs> finished my college out. Yeah, right. Finish I'm my thankful that out. I've got to say I'm thankful there's not a lot of tanks in the civilian world. <laughs> right? Alberto's already like I could paint one of those things. Like <laughs> <you> <laughs> Anyone ever flame out a tank? 
Not that I've seen. No. <laughs> There's a bad joke there, but I'm not going yeah. down that road tonight. <laughs> so college, or I'm sorry, Army back to college. Um, at what point did you realize that uh, your health and weight were becoming an issue? Well, I never really learned how to eat, so I didn't um, just didn't know. I mean, I just kind of always ate whatever I wanted. I remember being in the dining hall and eating fried chicken and and uh, fries and grilled cheese just all the time. And I just didn't have a clue outside of the food pyramid you kind of got in high school. And then I really never paid attention to it. Um, so I got out of the army that second time and uh, I got up to about 265. Uh, and then I kind of just through normal means got back down to around 245 took a few years. Um, and I kind of stabilized. I mean, I, I was blessed with good genes, I guess, because I couldn't, uh, it didn't keep escalating, which it for sure should have. Like I ate terrible, just burgers and fries and not even giving it a, a second thought. Um, and I hung out around 245 and then I was, uh, going to get, going to get married. My wife was like, Hey, I want to start this diet. And I'm like, well, sure. I don't care. She wanted me to do it with her. I mean, I, that was the, my thought. She did whole 30 first and then that didn't work. And then I had somehow I'd met someone who got me onto carnivore first. And then I started kind of reading about carnivore and keto and I kind of learned a little bit. And then she's like, Hey, I want to start this diet. And I was like, all right, whatever. Sure. Why not? And, uh, and we started at about, Let's see. We got married in January. We started the diet in about June and I went from 245 down to about 215 before the wedding. Um, and by that point I was just hooked, right? I was like, Oh, I can eat like this. I mean, tried dieting before even a little bit while I was in the army and it was like, here, eat a salad. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's no fun, right? It's calorie restriction. It's, it's eating salads and, and, wait, I can eat bacon and cheese and meat and, and yeah, sign me up for that. I'm in. So, uh, yeah. A second ago, uh, you had mentioned never learning how to eat. And I know we're about the same age. And I think that is kind of a byproduct of the, like growing up when all the convenience stuff really hit. And so out of curiosity, like I know what, you know, growing up with my diet, like my, my, parents still cooked but i know that you know it wasn't i do remember eating a lot of convenience foods like tv dinners and stuff like that so what was um eating like for you growing up yeah uh i'm never gonna let my mom listen to this now but um <laughs> so raised by a single mom she worked didn't have a whole lot of time had a stepdad who came in you know midway through kind of raising me which helped out uh um but at, at the end, it was it was if it didn't come out of a microwave, we probably didn't eat it. Uh, she cooked, but rarely. Um, so it was a lot of processed foods, a lot of chips, uh, you know, TV dinners, things like that. It was never really. Um, and there was never really a thought about, you know, a macro or a calorie or, you know, any of those kind of things that we kind of take for granted now. Yeah. And in your mom's defense and everyone's mom's defense that was the times that's you know, oh, yeah. microwaves were like a new thing and convenience was there and boxed foods. And, you know, so I don't, I don't think it's, you know, you really can't blame everyone for following the mainstream. It's just what was, everyone was doing it. You know, it was rare if, if, you know, someone was making a fresh meal at the time. 
Yeah, and we were told, you know, you know eat this way and, and eat these grains and, and, you know, don't eat meat. And wow, that you can get it out of a microwave. It was just heading on down the path. There you go. Yeah, that convenient eating thing is so 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 easy and we we did we grew up with this this um ease of use i know that that with my parents i still had i had two parents in the house but you know one was out the door before 5 a.m every day and got home at, you know four four maybe five o'clock in the afternoon but um you know that they, they so so most of the time you know we we would have something cooked but sometimes it was you know, store-bought frozen lasagna and other times it was, um, goulash and something or spaghetti or, you know, just something that could take minutes to, to, to prep because there was just so much going on and, uh, long days of work and, and all of that. And so when we contrast the ease of use or the, the ease of, of access before, and then knowing what you do now, about food do you see it as any harder now than it used to be or has the uh, flipped for you saying well while what i'm eating is different the uh it's no harder to to prep it or to create it yeah i don't really think it's any harder it's just knowing what to select i mean my wife travels for work or used to i guess pre-covid uh used to travel for work a lot and every time she left town i mean i would literally survive on pizza pockets and and fried chicken fingers out of the frozen food section yeah and and now it's just i just know what to eat right it's not it's not super hard there's even a lot of fast food options i'm a regular at five guys and chipotle and and um jersey mike's um because you can get some really good options there so if i'm you know cast off on my own for an evening i can kind of figure it out if I need a quick option. And, uh, you know, sometimes we just make extra meat. Like if, like if I'm, you know, smoking something or making dinner for somebody on a Sunday, we just make a bunch extra so we can throw it in the fridge and kind of reheat it during the week. So I don't, I don't think it's any harder. It's just, just the knowledge of what you should be doing versus what you shouldn't be doing and why. Yeah, absolutely. So what, um, so along the way, what, what caught you off guard whenever you kind of got, got started? What, what, was your biggest surprise? Well, I would say that, that I learned keto one way and then I figured it out and I did all the things that you see, the mistakes that people make. I did the egg fast and the, the ground beef fast and, and, um, kind of all of it. And then I just figured out through the path kind of what I should be doing. And I think the, the real, um, the real wall for me is I got kind of bored. Um, so I'm about two and a half years in, maybe a little more now. Um, and I got in really good shape. I was doing orange theory and then I had, uh, uh, taken up weightlifting and I was mixing the two and I got, and I, I had no point to it. I was in shape and I was, I was, um, um, you know, I got down to like 11% body fat, uh, by the Navy calculator. And I just kind of, I was disciplined. So I was still going, but the motivation was gone. Cause like, things weren't really changing anymore. I got kind of diagnosed with having uh, some loose skin around my stomach that I was never going to get the abs that I was kind of after. And I just kind of hit a wall and I was like, well, now what do I do with it? Let's, I want to back up to that for a second. Diagnosed with loose skin. Um, yep. that's, that's, a, that's an interesting sentence or phrase there. So 
how how do you get diagnosed with loose skin? I mean, we've got guys all different shapes and sizes that have talked about the loose skin thing, and I'm not making I'm, I'm I don't, this is going to sound like I don't know rude, I guess, but you either have loose skin know. or you don't. So what what does the diagnosis mean? So I guess I was stuck in a place where I was continually in a deficit, continually hard dieting, even at 11, 11% body fat, um, 11, 12%. I was, I think it was at 12% at the time. And I was, and I was kind of obsessed with it. I was like, Hey, if I just try harder and I was finally like, you know what? I'm going to go to a plastic surgeon. Cause I don't think this is actually fat. I think this is loose skin, but I couldn't get it out of my head that if I just tried a little harder, I could get rid of it. And I had to go to that plastic surgeon and have them look and say, no, 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 there's no fat in there. It's literally just loose skin. Um, and I'll probably never get it corrected, but it was enough of a, of a security for me or enough of a reassurance for me to know that, okay, you can't diet your way out of this. So that means all the other things are now open to you. You can start bulking. You're at this percentage of body fat. You can, you can go to maintenance calories. You can uh, do these other things, but it means that, that those that ab conversation or that ab goal um, is just out of reach, and that's okay. And then I had to come to like peace with it uh, mm-hmm. and figure out where to go from there. And that was kind of that that point was like, well, now what? Yeah, what's my goal? Yeah. What's my what's my thing next? So at the start of our conversation, you spoke about having body image issues when you're growing up, you felt bigger than what you were, you're skinny and everything. And then, you know, talking about the, um, the loose skin diagnosis. So how did your body image, how did your perception of your body change from your teenage years to adulthood to where you are today? Like, were there certain moments that made you see yourself in a better light or kind of give me a little bit of the tour on that, if you would. Uh, yeah, sometimes it's good. This is your Oprah moment, by the way. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes it's, sometimes it's, it's, um, sometimes I see a picture. Yeah. Sometimes I see a picture and I'm like, wow, I'm so skinny. Other times I see a picture and I'm like, wow, I have so much definition. And other times I see a picture and I'm like, God, that fat's super unfortunate. And, and (laughs) I don't know that it ever goes away. You just kind of get comfortable with it, and you're just like, eh, here's what it is. Okay. So there wasn't a moment in in there that was, uh, I'm okay, who I am, looking the way I am, skinny, toned, whatever the case may be. You, you just kind of accepted and rolled through. Yeah, I really found I needed a goal. So mine was really, I needed an outlet for that fitness. So I started Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which gave me a reason for the fitness. I recently picked up Muay Thai, which gave me a reason for the fitness. So now the working out and the lifting weights and the and the fitness and the the body fat percentage and all those kinds of things are now towards the goal of performance. And I was kind of able to move off from the appearance. It kind of like fell off to the wayside because it was like, okay, that's what it is. That's where it's going to be. And that's fine. And I can bulk and I can gain muscle. And I can keep working on that. That's a slow process. But what it really is, is about learning these skills and getting in shape for these activities. So it kind of changed that goal from like, oh, I want abs or, oh, uh, I want to get to, you know, 
some percentage of body fat to none of that really matters so much. What matters is the skills that you have in this life. So I kind of moved more towards that. I set myself like a, like a breadth of life skills with around fitness that if I can maintain these, that means I'm in pretty good shape, right? Can I run a 5k in under 30 minutes still? Can I, you know, excel at at Brazilian jiu-jitsu and things like that as I'm learning them because I'm in shape and I'm strong because I'm still lifting weights and the rest of it, the, the appearance stuff will take care of itself. Like either that loose skin is going to solve itself over time or it's not. And either Mm -hmm. way, it's okay. And real quick, um, we've talked about your weight and the ups and downs and things, your height. How tall are you? Uh, well, I was six one before my two back surgeries, and uh, now I'm about six foot. Okay. But, uh, and my lowest I've gone is uh, one ninety, uh, but right now I sit around one ninety five. Okay. All right. It was keto before or after the back surgeries. Uh, after for sure. Did you? Would you say you noticed a different? And first of all, if you don't mind talking about the back surgeries, but. Hmm. Um, if it was before you started keto, did you, would you say you noticed a difference by changing the way you eat with uh, how the recovery was going on your back? I guess at some point in your life, you accept that like, and when you have like long-term pain and injuries like that, you accept that you're just going to be in pain. So at some point I started with, uh, with, uh, oh, I can't do anything, which has contributed to my weight. Like, oh, this is bad. We need to be very careful with it. And finally after, okay, this is bad, but. Hey, we corrected some part of it. Hey, we corrected another part of it. This is just what it is. And kind of getting into maintenance and some other procedures I had done, then getting into keto, like the diet helped with everything, but it's still a um, still an ongoing challenge, right? I, I go into the gym and some days I can do squats and some days it's like, oh no, that's not happening today. Um, and I had to find some exercises and, and modify some things. Um, overall am i more capable is my back handling more does it deal with it better is there less pressure on it for sure does it solve uh no probably never will be it's a great attitude to have about it though <laughs> you know, you're still getting after it you're just uh you're just working with what you got and then making the most of it which i mean it seems like you're doing pretty well yeah it, it um it's kind of all mindset it doesn't hold me back i mean sometimes obviously it has to but for the most part, it's just, uh, um, you know, accepting what you got and kind of moving forward. Right on. And where do you think that mindset came from? Oh, that's an excellent question. Probably my time in the army. I just say you, you anytime you go into the surface service, it changes you forever um, to some extent. Um, and you just kind of let stuff wash off your back a little more and just kind of drive forward and it's like okay here's where i'm at i can do nothing about it if i spend any time on the things i can't do or any time on the things that are are impossible to change it's a waste of effort the only place i can apply my effort is the things i can control um and just driving forward yeah and that uh sums it up quite nicely I kind of, I mentioned it earlier I, I said thank you for for your service and and i mean that uh, i really do mean that and and part of the reason that that that's especially something that I'm trying to do better at at uh expressing uh, of late is that I was the type of person that I was like flat out fearful that we were going to have a draft when I was still of draftable age uh I just didn't I didn't think I could survive in the military in any way shape or form 
so let's let's talk about that a little bit because there's probably some guys out there that that maybe are are young enough and they're thinking, well, maybe that's a path that I could or should follow or things like that. How was um, military service for you? You you were in there pre and post nine eleven. Um, mm-hmm. What uh, what was that experience like? And and is it something that you would recommend? Uh, you know, someone if they're kind of like, well, maybe that's a way I should should or could go. What would you say? I think it's not for everybody, but for. Um large majority of people, I think it'll, it'll give you a, a discipline and a way to, to kind of deal with life. that's really hard to find anywhere else. Um, I will say that the two militaries I was in and I was in the same one, but I mean, the pre nine 11 and the post nine 11 were very, very different. The one before was a lot of people who were, um, in for the college money, uh, and, and after nine 11, it was a lot different, right? You're at a wartime footing. It's just, um, different experience, different, different reasons why people are there. Um, but yeah, just, just slightly different, um, with who's there and whatnot. But I, I would say that yeah, if it, if it suits you, I mean, go in, try it, uh, especially if you learn a skill or, or, um, get it to pay for college or, or whatever you do, or if it's just something that drives you to want to serve your country, I mean, what you will personally gain from it you would be amazed. And it's just in how it changes your outlook on life. My wife makes fun of me all the time um, because stuff will happen in life, right? Everybody has ups and downs and, and things just happen. And, uh, and you know, it'll be like a big deal for her. Cause she's like, you know, that's hard. And I'm just like, well, there's nobody shooting at me. I mean, it's not that bad. <laughs> right. It's just a, it's like a whole different perspective. We went rafting through the grand Canyon. Um, God, like three months ago or two months ago. And it was, it was a pretty hard trip for, for normal, for your average person. Um, you know, sleeping outside, uh, no tents, just kind of roughing it, uh, down through the grand Canyon. And, you know, it was, it was kind of a shock for her, but I mean, after you've been in the army and, and living in kind of those conditions out in the field, like it was no big deal. It was not even a thing for me. And just that perspective, it just will change the way you deal with life forevermore. That's awesome. I mean, and, and I mean, you chose to go camping. You know, so like, like I, I signed up for this. I'm here. I'm ready for it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What's been the best change for you since you found this positive health path, the food and the working out and everything? What's been the best thing about it for you? Uh, probably just the activity level. I'm not tired. I don't cycle through highs and lows of being on carbs. Um, I have energy all day long. My mind's clearer. Uh, I don't struggle to just stand up and make old man noises. Um, I, I think poor health can age you in a way that, that few things in this world can. I look at, look at, um, you know, just people my age, you know, the people I went to high school with that are strolling through my Facebook feed and like, it's a, it's a staggering difference sometimes of somebody who looks, you know, 55 versus somebody who, you know, are they really that old? I mean, most people, most guys our age who haven't found this yet, I mean, are, are, you know, living in dad bods and, and that's just how it is. Um, I mean, it knocks 10 years off probably just being, mm-hmm. being in a good shape. 
Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, friends, family, um, picking up on what you're putting down through all of this, or, do, or is anybody skeptical or made fun of you, or how's the reaction been? Yeah, I don't get really made fun of as a general rule in my life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's got to be the, the best answer ever. <laughs> but I wish but, that could be condensed a little bit so I could make up the title of this episode. Uh, <laughs> we're, only, we're limited in space. <laughs> Sorry to go over yeah. your character limit. You're good, um, brother. You are good. <laughs> uh, I would say some people have tried it with varying degrees of success. I think uh, I've pointed some people. Some people have had good success. Some people have taken parts of it. Yeah, I mean, probably over the over time, I've I've coached people, uh, and it either did or didn't work for them. I think the mo- most important thing is I always kind of tried to push them to a support system. And like the Keto Man's Club has been a great support system. We may not always agree on philosophies, but everybody's a little different. And sometimes those different philosophies kind of work for different people. So pushing them to that support structure, I think the ones that that struggle the most or kind of go off, get something stuck in their head that, that this doesn't work for them because. Um, and and th- that because can be a lot of different things. Um, and usually it's all around uh, some misinformation that they had about how to do it kind of correctly, right? Oh, it gives me headaches or or, or whatever the, the reason is, is. They didn't troubleshoot the problem and they kind of kind of fell off of it. So I see a lot of people like like that. Um, but true success stories uh, around me. I'm trying to think. Uh, I've had a lot of people try and nobody's really stuck all the way through yet. Maybe I'm a poor coach. <laughs> no it's it's really hard um i know with my my parents they've seen the example that i've tried to lead and things like that but they just they they they've tried a little but i they, there's a lot there's so many fine-tuned details that they never got a hold of either that they just kind of just stop and i know plenty of other people that that have been around in my life that have done the same thing and so they they end up just kind of, you know, okay, well, I'll try it for a little while. And then when they, the first time they get confused, they're like, nope, nope, no more. I'm done. And so that, that's pretty typical. And that's why those of us that have stuck it out, that resilience that we've shown has been a marking of why we've achieved what we have. And so that's, that's awesome. Um, so you, you kind of mentioned that the, the Facebook group being a good resource, um, for support, what what are uh, some of the other actual resources that you've gone to for um, nutritional information, the things of what to eat, things like that? What are uh, another way of saying it would be? Uh, what are the type of resources that you put into the hands of someone who's just getting started? Oh, I used to have a bunch of links. Um, I've kind of now figured out the process that everybody goes through. Right, you you start. You mess it all up. I remember the very first day I, I did keto, I had a banana first thing in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had like a banana and something else. It was like banana and strawberries. And I was like, I'm doing keto. <laughs> um, but you kind of go through that and you kind of figure it out. And then you start feeling bad. And it's like, oh, okay, now we're on to the like to like conversation. Um, things like that. Uh, I've used keto gains a lot. Um, They're a wealth of information. and I'm a very, very logical research person because I, you know, I work in IT. So like, this was a hook for me. It was like, 
here, this works. Okay. Tell, tell me why, why does this work? And then I had to dive down that rabbit hole. Um, and there's a lot of information out of, out there and some of it's bad. Um, right. Some of it's great. And then I found keto savage. I listened to a lot of his podcasts, keto gains, uh, the keto man's club. I had some other groups early on that I just, um, couldn't take for a variety of reasons. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. Um, but yeah, a lot of bad information out there and it was just kind of figuring it out. And then it was getting to the whole cholesterol thing. Like that was, you know, a whole different level of it. Now you're in six months or a year and it's working and everything's great. But your doctor says, Hey, this, this number's bad for you. Okay. Well, I can't change the way I'm eating. So now what? Um, so let's, let's go down that path. So and, and then you find out little things. And then you find out, you know, more about cholesterol in your doctor. <laughs> oh, that's a whole other story. So I also go to the VA for my health care because of my back. I'm I'm service connected, disabled. Um, but so that was a whole thing when they wanted me to go on statins and I started sending them link after link after link. And I'm like, hey, if we want to do these things, we'll talk about it. But we're going to scan my arterial walls. And then my doctor's like, wait a minute. <laughs> it was a whole thing. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, like, I, and I talked about before, like, I, I recently found a new doctor, and I, I never really did the deep dive into cholesterol only because I didn't have anything to go off of. And it's not like I was going to ask someone what their cholesterol was and then do the research based on them. So I recently right. got my labs back, and everything came out fine. You know, cholesterol is low, and everything was good. But you know, I was talking to my doctor about it, and then, like, she was actually, like, honestly, it was, I mean, it's kind of scary when you think about it, because She's like, well, did you look at your lab results? And I'm like, yeah, I've been staring at them, you know, since you sent them to me on Sunday. And she was like, wow, most people just say no. <laughs> I'm like, this stuff matters, man. Like how I did like, you know, it just clicked. I'd be like the vast majority of people probably were just like, well, tell me what I need to know. What about them? You know, they don't bother right. to look it up. And then we had a, a really good conversation because my fasting blood glucose was one point above normal, which I don't know. I don't sweat one point above normal. But it was fascinating in the sense that I've been eating carnivore. So if I've been eating straight carnivore, how is my fasting blood glucose one point above normal? So I did a tiny bit of research, just enough to get an answer because the phone call was coming up. And I'm probably going to mess this up. But basically, if you're not consuming sugar, it's free to roam around your blood so it can get immediately shuttled to bodily functions that need it because you don't have a bunch of it in you. So, you know, I was trying to explain this to her and probably butchering it worse than I just did. And she actually stopped me, explained it to me, and 100% agreed with me. And I'm like, okay. This, yeah, I'm like, this is going to work. <laughs> yeah, your body needs some level of glucose. has to have it. But we have a hereditary mechanism where it will take pro protein and turn it into some minimal level of glucose that your body absolutely has to have. It's what the, the mechanism that makes carbs non-essential. So once you have that... Or once you understand that that demand-driven process exists, it's like, okay, I don't actually need carbs. My body will go get glucose. Now, having said that, I also do targeted keto. So, so yeah, you got a slightly <laughs> deeper understanding of it. But I mean, yeah, I mean, the same thing goes. And she even said the same thing. Like my, she's like, my LDL was a tiny bit high, but my risk ratio was like almost completely bottomed out. So she's like, I'm not in the least bit worried about that. She's like, are you? I'm like, nope. She's like, carrying on. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, she went through the whole chart and the risk ratio, I think I had like a one or something like that. And it was literally just because I was like, an, you know, over 40 male. Uh, yeah, well, that's, same you, here. Yeah, that was about that. And, but, I can't uh, do much about that. So. <laughs> no, it, it's, you know, certain things are what they are. But overall, it was a, an interesting experience just to, 
to like, I don't know, to me, everyone, well, now, now that I have the number and I'm actually doing the deep dive, like, like everyone should know enough about cholesterol to be able to get through a conversation with your doctor, you know, just the same as everyone should probably know how to change a tire on their car. <laughs> like, it, I think it should be like that, that information should be that relevant and regular to you, especially about you. You know, regardless of who you are, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. You should probably know how to change a tire on your car. You should probably be able to hold a decent conversation about cholesterol, at least understand the numbers. Again, admittedly, I'm just doing this, getting into it now because I never had anything to go off of. Yeah, it was, it was really, I was so happy with my diet and I was, everything was trending in the right direction. And then those numbers came back and it came back the first time. And I was in the six month mark of keto and just do some cursory research. Your numbers kind of go up in the first six months of it. So I was like, well, let's test it in a year. So we tested it in a year, about the same, maybe slight bit worse. And then I just had a deep dive and I'm like, okay, now I need to under actually understand cholesterol and, and at least the layman's terms to where I can know if, if this is a thing or if this is another thing, like you should have breakfast every morning and eggs are good for you and then eggs are bad for you, but eggs are good for you, but only the yellow part or whatever we went through that whole cycle of the last 30 years. Um, I just needed to know, I needed to know for like my own sanity. And then once I got into all the research about hyper responders and, and that LDL is actually good for you and it transports the fat that we're depending on for energy around the body. And then I was like, okay, so, so I don't need a statin. So you're just trying to sell me a drug. All right. We're done. Yeah. I I keep saying that we need to, to get with Dave Feldman and have him on. And I, I mean it. We're going to have him on sometime to to do the deep dive, to try to give uh, our listeners, uh, as, as, you know, that the education, if they haven't already uh, gone to cholesterolcode.com uh, to find that information out for themselves. That That's probably the, the number one source of that information. And let, let, the, let's be honest about that. Dave Feldman is not a doctor. He's a data scientist and a programmer, but he has a logistically, he has a logistically focused mind enough that he said, okay, let's find out more. Let's question the, the, the tribal knowledge and find out what's actually happening here. And dug into the research and has done a bazillion uh, experiments of one nature or another and uh, has has done more blood draws on himself than I think that he can count at this point. So, I, yeah, he, uh, he he's he's the boss in that regard. And so we'll definitely have him on at some point to uh, dig into a lot of that because that will be very helpful. Yeah, that'd be great. Don't listen to what I say about it. I, I understand just enough mm-hmm. um, for my own sanity and my own peace of mind and my own like decision-making process around a statin and understanding my own numbers. Mm-hmm. After that, it's not the expert. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same way. I know enough to know that I have um, that, that I, I know that that the particle size is what truly matters more than the numbers and um that uh you can get that that's, that's that's really what i that's the largest part of what i what i know for sure um so yeah um let's start winding down a little bit we're starting to get to the the end of our hour here but um uh did we go through your uh daily or weekly re- workout routine uh not yet okay let's dig, in, dig into that real quick 
That's a hard one. I've changed so much. It's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> Next and, I, and I don't know that I've found the happy medium yet. Uh, had some limitations probably because of age and recovery uh, and finding what should work and what didn't work for me. Um, and then just when you start Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, it is really, really, really hard on the body. You kind of have to like get used to it. Um, it's like if you've never run before, that, that pain you get in your shins and your knees that you just kind of got to run through. It's the same except with people just choking the crap out of you. Um, and you're just, your whole body hurts. So as I went through different things, like I had to really adjust my body and adjust my workouts. So currently, just to get to the short version. So currently I'm doing uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, basically, uh, I'm, I do a modified keto gains five by five. I took their concepts and I changed it a little bit just because of my back and what it wouldn't wouldn't do. I had to find some alternative exercises, but I still do the same muscle groups in the same order. Uh, and then Tuesday and Thursday, uh, I do one hour of Muay Thai followed by an hour of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And then I try and slip in one extra Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu workout a week. Um, is what I was doing until tonight. Um, so we've gone into lockdown again. So for tomorrow... <laughs> I'll still be doing the uh, the five by five, but the dumbbell version that I've also modified from the last lockdown. And I have the uh, Bowflex 1090, 90 pound each hand dumbbells uh, and, a, and a bench. So I'll be doing that. Um, and then I bought a heavy bag to stick in my garage to work on my shins, toughening them up. Um, and I'll do that and probably do some running. But uh, yeah, it's really about finding that that age appropriate recovery, and I and I don't know that I'm happy with where I'm at yet. Some days I got up this morning and I'm like, uh, I can barely walk, let alone <laughs> let alone go work out. So yeah, it it just ran a question like, at what point does jujitsu start to make a little sense? Because when I go there now, I just pretty much hang on for dear life and get twisted into a pretzel. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I wrestled in high school, so I had about 10 years of wrestling experience through high school, middle school, and then a little bit in the army and outside of it. Um, and that helped a lot with like body control and adaption and just being used to that kind of thing and understanding it. Uh, so I picked up some things pretty quick. Uh, I'm still defensive and I'm still, yeah, getting twisted into a pretzel a lot. Uh, but being in shape and, and being strong going into it also helps a little bit. Um, so those two things combined. I'm successful occasionally. Um, how do I put it? Uh, against other white belts, I, I fare better than than most white belts because of that wrestling experience. But against the upper belts, yeah, you're still getting just choked out pretty much the whole time. It's, yeah, it's I, I know what to, I get to look forward to. I just picked up a mouth guard today because I got my face ran over and that did not feel good on my teeth. <laughs> oh, just mouth guards and yeah, I've, I've just damn near broke my ear uh <laughs> i don't even know how you do that i almost broke my finger yesterday um i always come back bleeding with cuts on my head or something like that i have a tube of neosporin sitting in my drawer just so i can hit it first thing on the cuts when i get back um so <laughs> it's kind of brutal but it's good for you builds character what's your uh, favorite keto food and it can't be steak <laughs> I knew if I got that in fast enough. <laughs> uh, Good try. My wife actually makes these fabulous keto chicken wings that I can literally just eat the whole pan. Um, 
So I, w- I would go with that if I had to pick one thing that wasn't a steak, that wasn't a good ribeye. Mm-hmm. Well, now you got to tell us about these chicken wings. That's it. I think that's the first time. Maybe not the first time someone said chicken wings, but it's the first time someone raved about them that hard. <laughs> I would have to ask her. I don't really know what she does. And I, I make some I killer. Really... I make some killer chicken wings. So like, I just want to compare notes. Now. <laughs> uh, I can send you what she does. I don't. I don't know. I'd have to ask her. Chicken wings is a good answer. That's about the only part of a chicken I'll eat. <laughs> yeah, the chicken wings are a good choice. Um, and yeah, she probably has some secret secret sauce of some sort um, that she's doing. If you find out, post in the group. We'd love to hear the, the recipe. That would be cool. Zach, how can people connect with you online, whether it be Instagram or just Facebook? What, what's your – how can people connect with you if they have questions or, or anything like that? Yeah, just just Facebook. I'm, I'm pretty regular on there, especially in the Keto Man's Club, and um, I'll answer instant messages and stuff like that. I've, I've talked to a few guys in the groups on occasion to kind of coach them through some few things. Um, but yeah, just just mainly that. Okay, very cool. Easy enough. Well, um, just a reminder to our listeners, uh, you can uh, connect with us as the podcast, as the hosts, by going to our website, theketomansclub.com. You can email us at ketomansclubpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail or send us a text at 512-518-6161. We would love to hear from you. Um, And if you heard this conversation, think it's going to be of value to someone, uh, feel free to – and we would encourage you. We'd we'd ask you to please share it with them. Um, Put it it in their hands and let them listen to the episode and if if, – and and hopefully it might be helpful in uh, to help helpful in a way that, that allows them to seek after and and find their best uh, health journey that 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 they can have for themselves and that that's what we want in general whether it be through keto or or something else we we simply want people to be able to find what's going to help them be as healthy and as optimized as possible for them so uh, any any chance that, that you have to share this uh, with someone else and encourage them that they can find what works for them. That would be a good thing. Well, unless we have any other business to attend to, um, I, I can say that I, I will throw it out real quickly. Uh, by the time this airs, we should be really close to, if not, um, already printed and and or printing the shirts and hoodies that were ordered in the, the recent pre-orders. So we will have those uh, going out as quickly as we can. I heard from uh, Anthony uh, uh, just yesterday, the day before that he he's uh, putting the order in and unfortunately uh, getting the raw materials is taking a little while. They're doing weird things with some of that, but uh, he says as he gets them in, he'll print them and, and get them to us so we can get them out the door just as quickly as possible. So we will put these in your hands as, as quickly as possible for those who ordered them. Thank you for your support on that. That helps us continue to do what we are uh, are doing and, and improve on that. I think the uh, the next thing on the order was it was to uh, to use some of that money to get some better mics for Berto and Jim. So that will help us sound a little better, which will be good. You sounded very condescending, Chris. Well, yes, better yeah. is, is completely <laughs> relative. Better is always relative. So, you know, it's, we always want to be a little better tomorrow than we were today. Uh, anyway, that's that's all the uh, 
group news or, or business that I have. Uh, Jim, same? I'm good. Okay. Very good. Until next week, make sure to eat meat, lift heavy, sleep, and repeat. Thank you for joining us for the Keto Man's Club podcast. Your support means the world to us. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Would you help us spread the word about the Keto Man's Club by sharing with your friends and family? We're available on all podcast platforms, so just search for Keto Man's Club and you'll find us. If you would like to connect with us, you can do so a number of ways. Our web address leads to our Facebook group, theketomansclub.com. That's T H E. K-E-T-O-M-A-N-S-C-L-U-B dot com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Keto Man's Club Podcast. Lastly, if you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out via email to Keto Man's Club Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for joining us today, and we look forward to hanging out with you again next week.